0: Gary Masudi, Rob Wilson, and Tim Linnefeld joining you here on another episode of the Seminole Insider Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening to us here. Uh, A great week for Florida State basketball. The men and the women coming away with W's. Florida State, of course, beating Florida, and we'll get to that later in the show. But, of course, Florida State football, huge opportunity this weekend against Notre Dame. They're going into the freezing cold temperatures of South Bend, Indiana. Uh, A tough loss against NC State, but signs of life. We're being shown by that offense. James Blackman comes in over 400 yards. The first 400-yard passer uh, since DeAndre did it against Ole Miss, and then most yards since Jameis Winston did it against Clemson back in 2013. Let's get right into it. What did you guys see from James Blackman in this offense, in the Gulf Coast offense?
1: I thought that the uh, you know he was in command of it, right? I mean, I thought his, his passing was really good. What you remember about him from last year is how good he was at throwing the deep ball. How how just sort of beautiful of a deep ball he threw and uh, and yeah you I mean you really saw that on display particularly uh, to to Maury and Terry a few times there are other ones as well um, but yeah I mean that's a guy that can uh, that can drop back and, and really sling it you'd still like to see uh, you know more more from the running game and I think that's just going to kind of be a theme for the season uh, but uh, in, in a game that you you know you you're on the wrong side of a of a lopsided final score uh, to be able to see the passing game click like that and uh, and get going you know, that's at least a silver lining
2: well i think it was the, the key was in your question see he he saw a lot you know he seemed to see the field really really well uh, very at ease i was i was struck by you know i guess you forget he started all but one game last year but he was looked so comfortable right from the first yeah. snap back there uh and so much of quarterbacking i think particularly in this offense is timing is bouncing back stepping up when you're supposed to step up and whatnot he did that beautifully the throw to trey mckitty is the one that that blew me away when they they went down to the seven yard line or eight yard line whatever it was but he hits it in the seam right in the middle that is really a a tough pass to throw and it's a risky pass. you know there's a lot of things that can go wrong there uh and it's all on you as a quarterback and it's hard to throw to a tight end downfield because of that difference in speed you'll see that a lot overthrowing tight ends when they're downfield even in the nfl that was really impressive, and and then the young receivers, the young receivers were just outstanding. It was almost
1: uh, in the in the press box during the the sequence with the back-to-back deep balls down the right sideline into Maureen Theory, like people started laughing. You know what I mean? It's like well, just do that every time. Or and I, obviously it's 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 more complicated than that, of course. But I mean, when when they're going to cover him one-on-one uh, and and leave him out on the edge like that. Just throw it up. He's taller than the other guy. He's going to go get it. And uh, and so the first time, like, yeah, hey, maybe a little bit more of that. And then, of course, they go back to it the very next play, and it's a touchdown. And I'm like, hey, you know what? This ain't rocket science. <laughs> you, know? you know? And then and there's
2: some things you can't teach. And his ability, which he's already shown in just his sh- brief career, to catch the ball with interference yeah. is is really something. I mean, that is – man, if you're not scared to – to catch a ball with, with All-Americans draped around you and the hands sticking in your face mask and whatnot, that that's one of the things that separates sort of the men from the boys. When they come from high school, they're catching passes with nobody within seven yards of them, you know. Yeah. And then they get here and there's a hand sticking up between them and a lot of them faint when that happens. This guy, uh, he doesn't care. You can ride him out all the way down the pattern. He's going to go up and catch it. So then if, if you're the offensive coaching staff, you know that, yeah. right? Toss it to him. He doesn't have to be open. Toss it to him. Well, and the one uh, misstep
1: that uh, that James had was the the interception right. that, to the defensive tackle, and, and actually, uh, Walt Bell w- I talked about that uh, on uh, I think Tuesday, I guess it was before practice, and he was asked about that play and said, "Look, man, sometimes like you just got to give credit. That was a he said, That was a really great play." by NC State more than anything, the Florida State or James Black, they said, look, sometimes that just happens.
2: Yeah, it was a zone (laughs) blitz, which I don't think they've shown very much. Right. And you can't see it. You don't even expect to look for it. You know, you don't look for it. That's not... It's not a check or anything on the quarterback's part. Hey, look and see if the defensive tackle is Make sure the there. defensive tackle doesn't drop back in <laughs> no. the covers, right. No, you feel like, all right, you know where the linebacker <laughs> is, so then my guy's got to be open. And, uh, and like you said, those things happen. You see it in the NFL. It happens in the NFL, too.
0: Yeah, and to on Terry, Tim and I have had multiple opportunities to talk to him this year. Uh, I did some stuff with uh, pregame radio for, for IMG with him, and What strikes me is the confidence level that he has at a young age. I asked him, you know, what's your mentality when you see a DB press you one-on-one? He looked at me as serious as he could possibly be, and he goes, I can look at them in their eyes, and I know I've already defeated them. They don't want it to go up against me. I know every time the ball's in the air, it's mine. And that, that for me, strikes me. Him and D.J. Matthews, two very young Uh receivers, two 100-yard receivers. And D.J. Matthews,
2: those catches, those sliding catches down to the goal line, those are dicey. You know there's a a safety coming up. I do think that's where football has changed. I think that that's an easier... Catch to make than it was three years ago when they, you know, those are all the targeting hits, which makes it a lot better game. But I don't like I don't like the replay, and I don't really like targeting. But I do like that change in football that that plays back into football. But it's still a hard play to make. I don't care if the illegal hit is going to is well, going to hurt.
1: Well, even then, the illegal hits they do still happen and they do yeah. still hurt. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you're the, I guarantee, I guarantee right. you, those guys just because it's a penalty, you know, they're not going over the middle and assuming that they're not going to get hit. You know, and so uh, yeah, and especially guy DJ's size. I mean, good on him for uh, for, for having the confidence to, to make those plays. And to go back to your point, Ari, on, uh, on Terry and how confident. he Well, why would he not be, man? I mean, the evidence suggests that one on one, you can't. There's nobody out there. There hasn't been anybody to be able to shut him
2: down yet. And the the other thing about the NC State game, the negative, of course, is all the the points we gave up. And I will say this: that offensive line from NC State is really good. Yeah. And I, I watched them play Clemson uh, the week before. Was it week before? I yeah. guess week mm-hmm. before. Yeah, and they handled Clemson's defensive line for the most part, and they they were every bit as good as Build. And and their system is built for the quarterback not to hang on to the ball long. Uh, you mentioned it going into the last week's show that we would have trouble getting to them, and we did. But he, in the running game, that's where it really showed up. I mean, they were really good at run
1: blocking. Yeah, I thought that was kind of one of the more disappointing aspects because NC State really hadn't been running the ball very well, and we had been stopping it for so uh, so well. And, and then the, you know, they were able to, to run the ball. I didn't think they were great, but they got what they needed right. uh, out of their running game. And, and so, you know, that's something to tighten up for, for Florida State, uh, particularly – going to notre dame this week and, and giving that here's a smooth transition for you uh going to notre dame this week knowing that uh we expect notre dame will be using its backup quarterback uh and then also with uh with weather conditions that don't seem too conducive to throwing the ball anyway i suspect run defense could have a, a pretty important factor
2: yeah what, what how are they describing it raining snow yes yeah, sleeting rain that is something that is
1: literally like the worst weather yeah, right yeah. well
2: notre dame's cold when it's warm you know it's (laughs) it's, it's just it's a cold place it's a kind of a stark place if you've never been there before uh there's there's no relief out there in terms of it just seems to soak into your bones (laughs) and uh you know they used to grow the grass up so high you couldn't see the team on the other side of the field they don't do that anymore but uh but you know it is going to be tough obviously they're an outstanding football team but you know when you look at it if you look at it from afar these are the kind of games that that upset stem from oh, playing yeah. at home you're you're really you're really going to be kind of guarded because you've got a chance to be in the in the top four you don't want to put too much risk out there with the weather you're going to have a backup quarterback uh you know those are the kind of if, if if Florida state can answer and just play well early yeah you know the the, the that gum kickoff return in the right and see that's ridiculous yeah. you know to put we're not good enough to help the other team and to put yourself in that situation to start the game, you know, you might as well be in their band to throw the first yeah. play out. It was so far. What well, happened in the zone. too? Or against Clemson, exactly yeah. the same, yeah. and it's it's just tremendously deflating. And yeah. uh, you know that that it, the, sixteen penalties in each of the last two games for two hundred ninety yards. And I look back at it, and if you not only do we have two hundred ninety yards and penalties, two hundred change. I forget what it was exactly but those also took away 180 yards of positive yardage yeah one of them 59 yards on the uh, pass play at nc state when uh, uh, the eberly was called on, on on a call but so you're not only dropping yardage because of the actual penalty, you're losing really big offensive plays. It was something like 350, 400 yards off of of territory we have given up in the last two games. Just ridiculous.
0: Yeah, you can't do that. And as you play the Irish, a team that's pretty complete on the defensive side of the ball, they're very good offensively. Obviously, Book is... One of the main reasons they've been so efficient offensively, I think I saw a stat that he completed nearly like 75% of his passes in the games that he's been playing
1: yeah. well, this year. Yeah, well, I mean, that's nine games. I mean, he's he's a 70. I just looked this up like a little bit ago. So I mean, he's that, a, that is a season. He's, he, well, he's 74.5%, wow. uh, which is the best in the country. That's ridiculous. Right, no, that's really, I mean, yeah, exactly. He's got a higher passer rating than Trevor Lawrence or Ryan Finley. Uh, and so, yeah, man, he's a, he's a good player. And, and, hey, look, he's not going to play. So You know, they have,
2: they have Notre Dame has, played down to their competition, though. That is true. They have not played well against teams that they were heavily favored against. And um, that's always concerning, you know. If you're if you're a coach or a fan, and your team fluctuates like that, uh, that worries you because usually, uh, no predictions, but usually that that's what snaps you someplace in the season. If you're a team that that fluctuates back yeah. and forth, that's the team that loses one that they, they should play, lose.
1: Played close games against Vanderbilt, against uh, was it Ball State? Yeah. I think it was against Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Uh, they went well, down I'm, to
0: pit in the late in the fourth quarter. Yeah,
1: last week against uh, Northwestern, who's right. who's a quality team. They they right. sh- they had a hard time in that one, and and. Uh, Brandon Wimbush, who I think we expect will be Notre Dame starter. I mean, he does have starting experience. Yeah, he, was he, team, he was a team starter uh, at the uh, at the beginning of the year. But look, I mean, it is what it is, man. His his stats, at least his passing stats, they're not good. Right. Uh, he's he's completing about fifty five percent of his passes, which is not really up to standard for uh, a division Get all quarterback. the numbers down for this one. Well, I, I look yeah, I looked all this up like twenty minutes ago. Very nice. <laughs> uh, one touchdown against four interceptions. Yeah. Uh, now he can now and, and if you, he can run and again if we go back to what we were saying or what I was saying a little bit ago, if you expect it to be a, a potentially run-heavy game, he can move, um, and so and you know how, uh, how how defenses. I mean, he's a guy that you have to account for, and and somebody has to account for him uh, running. But in the passing game, and particularly if the conditions are poor, uh, I mean, I, I don't see any way that that doesn't at least swing things somewhat in Florida State's favor.
0: Remind me, uh, both of you, uh, I'm blanking right now, but does, has Florida State? Played a running quarterback this year. I'm not just saying someone who's mobile. I'm mm-hmm. asking you with Wimbush. I know they like to run a, a lot of zone read. I mean, there are designed runs for him. Last year, it seemed like FSU couldn't avoid yeah, a running yeah. quarterback. We this haven't like we so did last year. No, but, I, but, you, um,
2: I you, you can tell we're we're ripe for the picking if that's if that happens. Any I, defenses?
1: I, no, exactly. It's it's hard. They you know. Uh, but um, Dungy maybe from Syracuse, yeah. but he only played for a half. He's hard. Uh, and then got banged up, and then the Devito Tommy Devito came in, but he, it was it's kind of a different offense. I don't think any. So this is new.
0: This well, could be potentially new for the yeah, defense. Yeah. if yeah. are zone and designed runs
2: for the quarterback. Well, yeah.
1: to, to me, I mean, you know, whenever you ask a defensive coordinator how you defend a guy like that, and then, you know, I've, I've seen a few, and they also the same thing. It's like eleven guys have to do their job, do their responsibilities. Because if you, you and you leave the quarterback, uh, that's where he hurts you. If you have somebody assigned to him, and and he resists the urge to go follow the ball over here. You know, or whatever the case may be. Eye uh, discipline, I think, is the word that, that, that we, we heard of the previous staff. And it just means, like, you know, trust what you know your assignment to be, not what the def- well, not what the offense wants you to see. Does that make any sense? Like, yeah. they're going to do things uh, to try yeah. to pull you out of position. you got to resist that urge. And that's and that, that's about being disciplined. It's hard to do. Uh, there's a defensive struggle with it all the time. But I, I'm sure that, you know, that that's going to be a point of emphasis for Florida State this week.
2: Well, and just to wrap the, the, the game against Saturday against Notre Dame, The trouble is, they don't have to run the quarterback. If if you watch our game film defensively, we're good against the run up until last game. But you don't have to run your quarterback. They they, their conventional plays have been working against us over the last three weeks, and that's that's probably what's concerning is. Uh, you know, the, the secondary has not stepped up when it's had to step up, and the linebackers have not played well the last couple of ball games. Now it's Clemson, and this is going to be Notre Dame and NC State. Those are three really good football teams.
1: Absolutely. No, I mean, and
2: that's a, you know,
1: at least somewhat part of the discussion. I mean, in Clemson and Notre Dame, you're talking about two in all likelihood yeah. playoff teams in NC State, who I think is going to end up in the top 25 that the time it's all said and done, if not the top 15.
0: I believe they're top 15 now.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, Rangers. their two losses are to Clemson and Syracuse, who, by the way, is number 13. Uh, <laughs> so, so I mean, this has been – you knew, you know, going out of the bye week, you, you knew if you read Florida State's game notes how hard the, the schedule in the second half of the year is. Uh, but, man, actually being in it is uh, – <laughs> It's tough, man. It's a, it's a tough sleep.
0: And I've, I've had a chance to see Notre Dame play quite a bit uh, this year. And, and Brian Kelly, his offense is what it's always been. There's a lot of short passes, a lot of trips out wide. They run little rub routes and little things like that. So I, I imagine they're going to try you know, and Notre Dame up, will watch rub out rub for the rub routes. Route. Oh. oh, yeah,
2: 2014. As, <laughs> as long as we, the we guys wearing now. stripes yeah. are watching it. Because they're <laughs> watching the hell out of us, I can tell you that. <laughs> I think they called us push. for a sneeze <laughs> on the bench last game.
0: <laughs> yeah, that'll. we'll have to see how that goes now. And as far as quarterback question, go Notre Dame yes they have theirs but Florida State has some uh some some questions this week as well there's not Wait, much what? clarity I'm going into this weekend with you know Blackman or Francois both guys have been getting reps both guys have proven that they can move the football in this offense uh guys what are your thoughts on this and and, and going forward against the Irish
1: well i can tell you what has been visible which is that they both are practicing which is a departure from last week when DeAndre Francois was in practice but he wasn't throwing he's he's a full participant now he is throwing uh we've seen both DeAndre Francois and James Blackman take first team reps but and maybe this matters and maybe it doesn't DeAndre has has consistently been the guy taking the first first team reps if that means anything to you uh you know Willie Taggart has said uh he say or he said after the game against NC State, and I think he said it again on Monday that that James started because DeAndre couldn't play. You know, I, lo- I think a lot of people, even hearing that, think that it had to do with performance or whatever the case may be. But but Willie is on record several times saying it had to do with DeAndre's injury. So there's that. Uh, the other side is that on Tuesday, DeAndre Fr- Francois kind of planted his flag, uh, uh, you know, on the hill there and said uh, he said I'm the number one guy. Uh, you know, Coach Taggart knows that James knows that, and, and he continues to be ready. And you, know, you, you hear that quote, and you're like, "Oh, okay, all right then." <laughs> There's that. Uh, Willie Taggart was asked about that uh, before Thursday's practice, and, uh, and his response was, "Well, I hope all our quarterbacks feel that way." So uh, he didn't exactly confirm uh, that report from DeAndre Francois. Uh, the long and short of it is that uh, you know, I think they're still deciding. He said that they'll make a decision after Friday's practice, and, and, and there will there will be. My uh, my opinion uh, I'll share with you is that it'll be DeAndre Francois. I don't know that, uh, but that's that's what I think. In my own reading of the tea leaves, I believe DeAndre Francois will start on Saturday. I'll go with his.
2: I haven't seen him practice this week, haven't been around that much this week to see which way it's going to go, but like you said, uh, he, uh, Francois didn't lose his position. He was injured, so... Uh, the old coaching mentality is you don't and you I, and I, lose it, you play it. And
1: let me say this real quick too, as is, is good of a game as James had against NC State, and it really was I, you can make a pretty strong case to me that DeAndre could have had a really good game against NC State as well, and that secondary had really struggled over the last few weeks uh, we know that DeAndre can throw the ball uh, there's plenty of evidence that suggests that so I don't think it's fair to say, again, not taking anything away from James because he was great, I don't think it's fair to say that he did something that deandre could not do so and i'll say we'll see
0: yeah and and i won't speculate i honestly don't know tim you you've been around and uh covered them more than i have this year but if you are willie taggart the one thing that i will say there is no reason to name your starter ahead of saturday
1: i think he definitely feels that way I, i mean there's
0: just there's really just no reason to you don't want to tip off notre dame you don't need them preparing for both from a competitive standpoint i know fans are frustrated they want to know but look you're not going to give away your your game plan, and if you have any type of competitive advantage in a game like this against, like you guys both mentioned, yeah. a very good top four opponent, you use it. You, you use what you
1: got, do, uh, and where you go. Do you think there's any chance they both play?
2: Yeah, I do. do you? Yeah, it would throw one more thing for the defensive coordinator to think about during the first half. I'd I'd, I'd throw him in there first half and just see what happens. Just kind of mess with it. Uh, just just mess with it.
1: Yeah, no, I, I I could see it. I could see it. I my my first thought was probably not because I don't know they're not that different of uh, of players but at the same time i don't know if if, if you think that they both can, can perform at a similar level and, and willie has said that and actually i kind of agree with him. um yeah why not you know look at this point what do you have to
0: lose Yeah, Seriously. Right? you got a bowl game that you might be able to get to uh, if things break your way here over the last three weeks whoever the quarterback is they are going to get to go uh, up north like we mentioned briefly it's going to be cold up there it's going to be close yeah. to to freezing uh there could be snow in the forecast is do you believe in that this can be an effect on a team from the south i mean i know oh, yeah. i know a lot of times we talk about it the reverse factor mm-hmm. coming here down here in the humidity and the heat
2: can the same be true for Ever played play? golf in cold weather you you feel totally different with sweatshirt on and windbreaker and all that it's no different than football when you get out there and you're uh, wrapped up with all this stuff that you don't normally carry you feel like a slug running down the yeah. field and now it wears off like anything else once you get going but yeah it does it does feel different and sometimes it can it can put a little spark in you. Yeah, yeah. It, it can, it can. Like when you let your dog out on the first day when it's cold, and he's like, "Oh, this is fantastic." <laughs> uh, some of the guys might feel that way. The receivers hate it because of the cold hands and, and trying to catch and all. But you know, it's something different. It, it, it I, I think it'll be great. You know, it, it, people. One of the great things about Florida State was we were independent for so long and played all these teams and all these different places from USC to you know Notre Dame or whatnot so I think it's fantastic that we're going up there and playing and then you said in the open an opportunity I hope they look at it as an
3: opportunity.
1: And I, yeah, I, and I do think it has an impact. It doesn't have that doesn't have to be a negative impact, or it doesn't have to be an impact that only affects Florida State. Look, man, Notre Dame's gonna be cold too. I and mean, just because they live there doesn't mean it's cold. It's cold, right? It's cold, right? Uh, but yeah, no, it, it'll be cool. I'm, I'm kind of think it's gonna be fun. Like oh, I, I, ever I, ever I ever want, ever uh, ever. I want like a full on snowball. Yeah. I mean, if it's gonna be lousy anyway, let's roll Bring with it. it. On. Yeah, let's let's be one of those deals that they like lead sports <laughs> center. Oh man, you
2: got to see this. I was talking to somebody <laughs> about the weather whether it would affect them yesterday, and and I said, all right, if we're playing. In uh, Notre Dame in uh, September, and it's going to be 96 degrees. Do you think that's going to affect them? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, it's the flip side, so yeah. we'll see.
1: But, I mean, hey, you know, late November at Notre Dame, oh. snow. I mean, that's that's... I don't know you just as a as a football fan yeah. like oh that's gonna be sweet yeah I know Tim plus I'm gonna be in the press box I was
0: about to say you get to go are you going Rob <laughs> I'm not going you're not no. going neither am I I've got basketball here this weekend but Tim are you excited I mean as a, yeah. as a college football no, yeah, I'm not, touchdown I, I, Jesus is there no man I'm
1: fired up it's I like never bowl I've never been up there before like um uh, well you know so I've I've been to bowl games in South Beach it's a little different than that but uh you know it's uh no it'll be cool uh because I've never been there I love Rudy you know that's what I'm, uh, that's a great movie I'm I'm gonna do the whole uh. The whole experience. I am looking forward to it, and uh, it'll be even better, of course, if uh, Florida State has a good showing and, uh, and maybe gets out of there with a win. But the overall, I mean, yeah, it's 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 college football. It's really yeah, cool. It's
2: <laughs> it's different. It's 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 a lot more fun to go up there and win. Yeah. No, uh, well, and, and rain on their parade like we did, yeah, so famously in two thousand three, the worst. Worst loss in the history of Notre Dame Stadium uh, was go. level on them by Florida State. So you you can I can rest assured that if they get a lead on Florida State, they're not going to let up any. Uh, but it, it's really it is an interesting place. It is, it's one of the things when they crank up the fight song, and you're in Notre Dame Stadium, it, and it, you know a lot of people don't like Notre Dame if you grew up in the South or whatnot. But when they crank up that fight song and you're sitting in Notre Dame Stadium, it's it's pretty special.
1: Well, you know, it's actually kind of interesting. For a team that Florida State doesn't play all that often, uh, I think it's eight games. Right. I think this will We be, have a history. This will be, this will be not, no, it's a pretty right. uh, pretty colorful history and a pretty interesting one. I mean, some really significant games. Uh, they played at Notre Dame during the Oktoberfest run in right. 1981, played there in 1993 in the game of the century, had a good Orange Bowl against them, had the Champs Bowl a few years ago, a really memorable game here in Tallahassee a little while ago. I'm probably forgetting the 37 yeah. nothing. Uh, there I mean, it's been some really really uh entertaining
2: significant games well, the, we, uh, the, the bowl game the orange bowl game was gigantic because yeah. Danny Cannell had to complete a fourth down pass to keep the the drive going it was it was uh it was a fantastic game and that's when we had a lot of the the the, the runs still going and whatnot so yeah. and not not the not the top five run but uh but it was a it was a huge game and it's always been a big game you know Florida State Notre Dame has such panache nationally yeah um not so much this year, but we'll see. Maybe it'll turn out that
0: way. Yeah, absolutely. You remember, obviously, the Champs Bowl game, as Tim alluded to, where E.J. Manuel, was. we found out later, was playing with a broken leg yeah. in that game. And also, Florida State ended up having to go with a brand-new offensive line. And, oh, by the way, I know, Tim, you wrote about this a while ago. Uh, that offensive line ended up being the the foundations for that national championship.
1: Arm. Yeah, all so, the right? all the young guys, all those dudes uh, got to play Bobby Hart, Jose Matias, Trey Jackson. Uh, Trey Jackson. Yeah, they were all true freshmen. So uh, and you know that Notre Dame team was good. I, yeah, I, well, I think uh, Golden Tate was on that team. I can't
2: remember if Michael Floyd was uh, there, but he was good. It's it's one of the times when that game was over. Yeah, yeah. Notre Dame was shocked. They their players walked off the field. They were up, I think, completely shocked. They Florida did State not. They did not think. That there was any chance they were going to lose that game, so yeah. it, it was very. Smart. That was a
1: fun one um, so uh, of all of all the Florida State Notre Dame games to get centered on. We, we found our way to this one. That was a fun one because, like you know, the Champ Sports Bowl. Uh, again, I, I had a great time down there, um, and I, I think it's a it's it's become a really good experience, especially since they renovated the stadium. Now I guess it's just the Camping right. World Bowl. Uh, but uh, you know, usually, no Florida State Notre Dame. You know, they're meeting in, you know, they met in the Orange Bowl right. or they're meeting, you know, whatever. Um, like that had the feel of a really big bowl game. Like the stadium was jam packed. You had mm-hmm. Notre Dame fans all over the place on this side. It was just a really cool yeah,
2: kind of vibe was, and experience that,
1: that I don't know, you know, you don't typically get uh, or didn't typically get uh, in that game. So it was uh, it was kind of neat. Let me let me ask you, Rob, So, Okay, so I remember. I know the, the '93 game has been talked about a zillion times. We're gonna talk about it a little bit more. Right. I remember it. Uh, but I don't remember everything about it. You know what I mean? Uh, I remember talking to O.J. Simpson for a while on the
2: sideline, which uh, that that's uh, turned out to be a it's a good uh, a weird conversation starter. Yeah, yeah. You didn't uh, know? Uh, no, I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know the the big story is ESPN Game Day, of course, literally being in the studio, going, "This is ridiculous. This game's too big. We got to be there." And I can remember Chris Fowler sitting. Our bus pulled up, and it was like it was like the Beatles coming into. Yeah, <laughs> to one of their concerts. I mean, the, there was just a mass of media, and it was it was completely nuts. And you literally couldn't one foot off the sideline, and there was there was just media members, and you could name every one of them. They, these were not right. <laughs> these were not the local uh, uh, news service. So it was it was a fantastic experience. It was it was a weird game in that we go down through like a hot knife through butter to start the game, almost too easy, and hits. Uh, Knocks on a, a touchdown catch, and it looks like we're going to just blow through them. And then uh, uh, Notre Dame was tremendously well coached, and and they really played it Coast of the vest and ate up all the clock and all that good stuff, and uh, and just pounded it at us. So, but it was it was a fantastic. It was one of those games that obviously Charlie Ward's throwing in the end zone on the last play, and nothing there, so we lose. But it was. It lived up to the billing, you know. All, all yeah. the media people were so excited about being there. All the fans were just, they're, looking, they're looking at their ticket like it's a piece of gold going in the stadium. I and mean, it literally was, you know. You could have sold it for oh, yeah. whatever you wanted. And uh, and they everybody left the stadium going, "Holy mackerel!" You know, I know. I'm 20 years from now. I'm going to tell people I was at that
1: game. Yeah, and then of course, you know, the, the big picture implications afterwards. Yeah, the state eventually goes to the national championship game. Notre Dame stubs its toe.
2: This team could use a break, like. Ten yeah. percent as large as that huge break. Was no kidding, for us. right? You know this. Yeah. We continue to not get one single break this season. I don't want to sound like a whiner, but good grief! Oh, ball, I, I ball agree. Ball come off our way. Uh, official, keep your freaking hands in your pockets and don't pull anything out and you know just give us one little break and let, let us see what we can do on the field
0: and that was definitely tough some some tough calls against those DBs uh, Knowles looking for some good news this weekend against Notre Dame South Bend Indiana Saturday 730 you can watch that on NBC you guys want to talk about some hoops yeah Absolutely. oh my gosh Have what a start game. 81 to 60 over the Florida Gators uh, what a game for the Knowles! A lot of preseason hype coming in. Tim Linerfeld actually had a chance to sit down with MJ Walker, one of the stars of the game. Take a listen to this interview. All right, fresh off an 81 to 60
1: win over the Florida Gators for the number 15 Florida State men's basketball team, we are joined by MJ Walker, yes, sophomore sir. guard. MJ, first hey. and foremost, congratulations on the big win.
3: Thank you, thank you, man.
1: It was, I know obviously you guys plan on being successful and you you prepare well. Uh, you had a good game plan, but it ever heard of you that you guys might be up by 35 points in the second half over a team like that?
3: Uh, I mean, I just took it play by play. Sure. Um, I knew that we had to be the toughest team out there. We had to, you know, get loose balls. We had to get deflections, rebound, and um, I feel like it'll just take care of itself, and obviously the more we kept talking and the energy we brought, you know, it wore down on them. So What
1: can it do for you guys? I mean, you know, primetime game, Great crowd, lots of energy, yeah. and then you follow that up by winning the way that you did. I mean, I know it's it's early in the season. You got thirty more games, but how important was it for you guys to have a good performance with all the momentum you had coming into the season and the atmosphere that was there last night?
3: Uh, well, for one, I just want to thank the fans. For all the fans who are just coming out, really like they just gave us so much energy, and I feel like that game right there just you know put them on our backs and just want to you know support us throughout the whole season. And um, I think that just gave us momentum going into the season and just seeing where we can go from now. So
1: Looking forward to getting on the road, going to go yes, yeah. Lane and seeing how uh, How do you it's, – it's one thing to you know channel all that energy and, and, and passion and, and detail into a season opener at home against Florida. What's the key, I guess, to maintaining that when you go on the road for a team that you don't play all that often?
3: Um, start in practice. we got to uh, continue to stay locked in. Um, continue to find ways to get better. Um, we can't get you know content with where we are. Um, obviously, it's the first game. You know, we got a lot more to go, a lot more to learn from. So we got to continue to find ways to get better. Um, study our film, study our scouting reports, and um, continue to bring the same energy and more um, throughout the next game. So,
1: what's different for you? this year as compared to last year freshman year aside from your
3: haircut yeah (laughs) the haircut for sure um i say like just my communication Uh, i'm trying to be more vocal on the court right i feel like that helps so much um coach jones talks to me about it a lot all the time and uh it, it just helps so much with our team like even when we miss our summer or something like that. If we're talking on the court, uh, it just helps everyone out. Even the uh, younger guys coming off the bench, you know, the the first year guys, it, it helps them too. So, um, I think just that part and just trying to play uh, with a chip on my shoulder every game, um, staying tough, being the toughest guy on the floor every every time I'm out there, no matter no matter how um, my game's going. So
1: it's uh does this communication on the floor i mean it seems to to people who don't play i think that probably seems really obvious but is that something that maybe doesn't come natural to players or or teams
3: yeah i think that like a lot of times you know guys they kind of play in silence they got the talent the talent and everything but um they they think about it in their heads and you know they got it in their head but sometimes they don't you know uh, communicate it out um on the floor so uh it's it's kind of um, a skill you gotta practice it. You know, it's not like some people have it, some people don't. But for the people that don't, you gotta practice it, and so it becomes a habit. So once it becomes a habit, it just becomes a part of you, and it just flows with everybody else, and it like it almost like a uh, ripple effect. Like once once one guy's doing it, the next guy want to do it, and then everybody's doing it, and now you're on the same page. So,
1: and could you kind of feel during that game that you know, you guys were doing that so well, and just from my perspective rather than from other people's perspective who weren't playing, it, it was like the exact opposite from from them. Like they were getting frustrated and they weren't talking as much and you see, can, can you kind of feed off that when things are rolling for you and you sort yeah. of feel that, that avalanche mounting against your opponent?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when we turn it up another level. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when you see that in your teammate and you, in their, in their team, you kind of realize like that's this is where we need to turn it up some more. Right. So that, you know, when we see that in our opponent, that's that's the time to Really get into them. Really, you know, just to step on their uh, on their throat. So,
1: switching gears a little bit.
3: So you're from Jonesboro, Georgia, Yes, sir. About, about
1: half an hour south of Atlanta, give or take. Yeah. Did you grow up
3: there? Uh, I grew up in Riverdale, Georgia, but I went to Jonesboro High School. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Was, that, was that like a thing? Uh, kinda, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> how long? Yeah. How long you been playing basketball? Um, since I was about seven, eight years old. So, did you play any other sports? I played football growing up. Um, played baseball. Couldn't play baseball that long. I couldn't stay still that long. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> but uh, I played football and um, basketball the majority of my life. So. Did, you, did you play football in high school? Yeah, I played um, my tenth grade year. Gotcha. Yep. What did so, you play? Uh, free safety, wide receiver. Any good? Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> how did you? Uh, how, did, how did you decide to to switch to basketball? Was it just a matter of just being better at that, or? Did you decide that you liked it more? How did, How was that process?
3: Um, I think it was after the tenth uh, grade season, football season, and uh, I kind of injured my shoulder, messed my shoulder okay. up a little bit, and um, had like you know a couple of seven 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 on seven tournaments that summer with the football team, and I just kept re-injuring it, kept re-injuring it, and um, I had a talk with my dad, and we were just saying you know you don't want to be hurt with football, then you mess around with basketball, come can't play basketball because my shoulder. And it was my shooting arm, too. Right. So, you know, I had to make a decision, um, and I just stuck with basketball. That's kind of like my passion, what I feel like, you know, I'm most competitive in. You know, I love football as well, and, then, you know, I, I played that my whole life as well, but I feel like basketball, you know, is where my heart was at. So.
1: When did you realize that you were good at yeah. basketball, like good enough to play at this level and, yeah. and, and, you know, do some of the things that you've
3: done? Um, I say around like probably ninth grade, mm-hmm. eighth or ninth grade. Um, I feel like I had a chance, you know, to really uh, turn the corner. Um, my dad, like, he's really been working me out my whole life and uh, just keeping me, keeping my confidence, you know, where it is. And I feel like around that time, that's when I really, you know, saw that I can actually do something in this. So, when did colleges start taking notice? Grade, eighth grade, actually. Uh, yeah, I met CY in eighth grade. So he uh, actually came in one of my first practices. And the first practice he came to, I got in a fight with one okay. of my teammates. This <laughs> is <laughs> in eighth grade, yeah, eighth nice. grade, eighth grade. So he came to see me every rays, when it happened. Yeah, so yeah, so yeah, that was pretty cool.
1: For, uh, for folks who don't know, Cy is Charlton Young, the yeah. assistant with the Florida State basketball yeah, team. So, he, you know, you talk to so many guys on the on the roster, and they speak to the influence that he has and the relationships that he built. From your perspective, just what kind of guy is he?
3: Uh, he's down to earth, man. He, you don't tell you what you want to hear, man. He, he tell you what you need to hear. Um, great guy. He keep me, you know, focused. You know, even when sometimes I can get off track, he keep me focused, um, keep me on path, man. Uh, just a great guy to have in your circle. And he's a uh, – at least that's Georgia
1: Ties. as his coach up there, yeah. too. yes, sir. Beyond that, what
3: attracted you to Florida State? Uh, just the, the weather, uh, yeah. the location. I wanted to go away from home, but I didn't want to be too far. So, you know, that was one of the – one of the um, reasons, and then just the uh, family, the family here, um, with the teammate, with my teammates, um, with the coaches. You know, it was just it felt it felt right. You know, right. like it just felt like I was home away from home. So,
1: was there anybody else that you were considering? I know everybody was after you.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, my top five was um, UCLA, uh, Virginia Tech, Ohio State, and Georgia Tech, and Florida State.
1: Who was the toughest to say no to? I'm telling me you
3: weren't coming. Uh, I'll say all of them, really. really? Uh, all of them. That's hard, man. though, right? People don't really yeah. think about that. Yeah, it's like their campuses. Everyone in campuses was, is is beautiful, you right. know. Um, I felt, you know, really, I felt great with their coaching staff, everyone's coaching staff, and it was like, you know, what is going to make the decision? You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I just felt like, you know. Coming to Florida State, it was just, like, the right fit, you know. Mm -hmm. They had, you know, seniors that was leaving, and I was going to be coming in. And, you know, Virginia Tech had the same thing, but, you know, I kind of, you know, it was like the weather thing, you know, it's cold down here, it's warm up there, you know. Just different different little things I was looking at, and uh, it helped me make my decision, so.
1: What was your freshman year like for you? I think, you know, especially in basketball, people see, you know, recruiting rankings and All-America status and all that and think that, not just you, but just think that, you know, it's it's easy to think like a, a, a highly tattered freshman's going to come in and be like LeBron or something. Mm-hmm. But it's not really that easy, is it? I mean, there is still a transition that you, you sort of have to adjust to. And I guess what was that like for you?
3: Um, it was tough, man. Like, I didn't realize how much I needed to learn, you know, mm-hmm. on this level. Um it's it's different, way different from high school. You know, in high school you got so much freedom. You know, it's kind of laid out for you. You know, you know what you're supposed to do. You know, a two three zone. You know, man to man things like that. But
1: when you're probably the best guy on yeah, every best four guy on my team. On, like, yeah, yeah.
3: So it's like, you know, I'm I'm the best guy on my team, and I come here and I'm I'm coming off the bench now. So it's like, you know, I'm learning so much. It was like one of those things were like, damn man. You know, I want to. I want to play. Like, you know what I mean. But it was also. Uh, I think it was the best thing that probably happened to me, just to learn from the guys I was um, ahead of me, and and just learning from them and leading me in the right direction, and it's helped me so much. And I just want to thank those guys. You know, Brian Angola, right. um, B. A. You know, Brian um, Brandon Allen, they came through here. Um, C. J. Walker that just left. Yeah. A lot of those guys, man, just picked pick me up. Even the seniors we got now, Phil, Terrence, Trent, all those guys, um, they just put me in the right uh, position, man, to be successful. So I, I just I just thank them for that. Was it tough at first? Uh, it was. Uh, it, it's just so much to learn, like the defense, like the defensive things. You know, mm-hmm. Coach Jones be on me. Like <laughs> it's crazy how much he he was on me, and it was kind of frustrating. But uh, I got through it. I matured through it, man. But uh, it, you got to stay locked in. You can't let, you know, your mistakes, you know, uh, break you down. You got to learn from them and keep building up. So
1: What did you focus on in the off season over the summer?
3: Um, this summer it was mostly uh, watching film. Um, I wanted to lose some weight, yeah. lose some weight a little bit more, feel light on my feet, um, uh, get more reps, get more shots of reps, staying in the gym. Um, and just like really, just learning, watching film—that was really the biggest thing, watching film. And uh, I think that's just helped me so much, and, uh, just to get my mental and understanding the game a little bit more than I did last year. So
1: well, I remember talking to you even in like February and March earlier this year, you know, about the idea of just the, the kind of the grind of the ACC, kind of mm-hmm. taking a toll both physically and mentally. Uh, do you feel like you're better prepared for that? I mean, obviously losing weight will help with that too, but kind of knowing what you're in for and, and having a season under your belt. Do you feel like you're better prepared for that going forward this year?
3: Uh yeah, man. I feel like um you know this year the ACC is, is tough, man. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a tough conference. Um I feel like this year I'm I'm mentally more prepared. Who's your favorite basketball player growing up? Uh probably is LeBron James, man. Yeah. That's my guy. Yes, sir.
1: Do you, obviously, you guys are different types of players, but did you yeah. try to model your game after him,
3: or? Uh, just my jersey number, really. <laughs> That's, a That's a good one. Yeah, but, uh, you know, he, he's a beast, man.
1: Well, people see, you know, certainly a little bit older folks see MJ wearing 23, mm-hmm. and they, are you even old enough to have, like, been, like, pretending to be Michael Jordan when you were a kid, or was it all like, over oh, yeah.
3: oh, yeah. I knew about Michael Jordan. Of oh, course. Know, for sure. But, uh. I mean, LeBron was my guy. I sure. knew Michael Jordan. It was just ironic, you know. MJ, Mike wearing um, yeah. 23, but my, LeBron was my guy, man. Growing up, that's who I watched a lot. So, How you think he's gonna do with the Lakers? Uh, they they got a chance. Yeah, I think they got a chance. They got a young squad. I think LeBron gonna uh, put him in place to uh, be successful. Um, great leader, man. He gonna he gonna lead those guys to the promised land. And then
1: uh, last thing, maybe the most obvious question we haven't asked yet. MJ, what's that stand for? Uh, Michael Jr. Michael Jr. <laughs> there. <laughs> there it is. So, that's yes, yeah, true MJ. Awesome. Hey, MJ Walker, thank you very much. Congratulations again on the big win over Florida yes, last night. And uh, and good luck
0: this weekend against Tulane. Thank you. Good stuff from Tim and MJ there, uh, the, the, the talented sophomore from the state of Georgia. He has really been one of those players coming out of the high school ranks that Florida State was really excited about last season. He showed those flashes of that potential, but didn't put it together fully. They're hoping this season he can, and against the Gators, an array of moves from this guy that really took my breath away at times.
1: Yeah, I thought he did a little bit of everything. Uh, You know, had the the 10 points in the first half, was really, really good. I thought he was even better uh, on defense, Uh, played really well there, which is something that First-year players, which of course he was last year, have a hard time picking up. I mean, Coach Hamilton's system is uh, defensive system is notoriously difficult for uh, for freshmen. And then you saw some shots go in. You know, he uh, he made a couple three pointers. It was his first time making a three pointer, and it was dating back to last season, of course. But I think it was nine games he had missed. I think thirteen straight uh, from distance. And so I asked him about that after the game. and He just sort of started to laugh. He said, "Yeah, it feels pretty good to uh, to see that one go in." But I mean, yeah, I many time uh, McDonald's All-American, uh, a really really talented player, continues a. A wave of successful recruiting for Florida State. When you think back to you know Malik Beasley and Dwayne Bacon and Jonathan Isaac and some of those guys, uh, you know, they've pretty consistently got some of the, the top talent in the country in here. And, and he's got all the potential in the world. And, and like you said, I thought he showed flashes of it last year. But he even said, and he talked, to, you know, alluded to it a little bit uh, in the interview there was that you know, the, the ACC is kind of a grind, man, and by you know, game 18, 20, 22, you know, those legs start getting a little tired for, you a, could, for you a freshman.
2: Could, you could see it on him clearer than a player I've seen in a long time. I mean, he was done at, after about 25 games, you know. And, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought his defense was great, particularly in the first half. And, and really, we talked about Florida State was talented. We knew that. But the experience, I mean, that that was, a, that was how an experienced team tackles an opening game. You know, opening games – that's a crap shoot a yeah, lot of yeah. times I, and probably was for florida as they uh, as they look at the score but I'm you know you're angry. open against a rival you haven't played anybody blah blah blah, blah. and uh, you know i it was like an execution yeah you know uh, and that's what a veteran team with a lot of talent can do and and but did that that being my point we didn't we didn't could have done it we did it and that's uh it's nice to be able to put their money where their mouth is and really you know, that looked like a team that was five, six, ten games into a season in terms of, of polish.
1: Well, it was out to me, one, like you said, in a season opener. And even I thought the first half of you know, Florida State was pretty sloppy and, yeah. and still had a double-digit lead. And I thought, you know, when's, when's the last time Florida State was – so obviously this much better than like a power five opponent. I
2: agree completely. I mean they've obviously won
1: plenty of games but right. you know in the ACC everything's nip and
2: tuck and a lot of those you know You never felt like the game was even I mean in never. And and it was. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of confidence was gained by this group of guys in that tournament last year. I agree. Uh, confidence, you know, it's fleeting. It comes and it goes during seasons. Guys can talk about it, right? They can say, "Oh yeah, we have belief in ourselves." But when you see the results, of top-end defense like Florida State put up in that run last year you know they beat Xavier they beat Gonzaga and they were nearly one minute away from beating right. Michigan those are not some slouches they beat really good teams and hung with a Final Four who went to a national championship game team so for them to come in this year it's a lot of the same guys yeah. it's a lot of these players that have now played together for quite a few years and it's funny because just the other day I was re-watching like a season recap from like two or three years ago and it hit me that, man, these guys are really older guys now. You mm-hmm. know, the, yeah, I are. was seeing some of the same players from that season recap back in 2016 who were just baby-faced freshmen. And so this team this year comes in, and the chemistry's there. They love playing with each other. Well, We've they, talked and,
2: about and that. I think they love playing with each other because they play hard. I look at Kumaji yeah. you know, at seven four. He runs that floor as hard as any big man I've ever seen run it. You know, in terms of trying to generate speed. Obviously, he's not going to push people around too much with 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 his frame, but he runs the floor hard and he he's intimidating. He yeah. wants to throw every shot out of the gym. I think they feed off that a little bit, and uh, and they all play. You know, when you got a Terrence Mann, who's going to play every second of every touch. You know, and you could really see. Uh, on Florida's guards' faces after about ten minutes in the game, even though admittedly it was sloppy and whatnot, the de- Florida State's defense was really in their head. I mean, they had, they, they were like, "Holy well, man!" Well, they, only, they I sport.
1: think they only took two, or they think there like, was like two two point shots in the first ten minutes. I think they had five shots from within three-point range uh in the entire first half and they weren't their three-point shots weren't falling right so yeah that's how you end up well, it, was with, it
2: was nothing but arms in there, yeah you know to, to mm. get the ball inside and they couldn't figure out how to get the ball inside you know
1: what, what i think with this group and i, I can't remember if i talked about this on the on the show before i think i have but it showed up even more now that we've seen a game is you know and it kind of i think if you want to draw a parallel to, to football or other sports you can i mean the the culture in Florida State basketball right now is outstanding. It's probably as good as it's ever been. Mike White said he saw yeah. it, the Florida coach the other day. And When you think about the way that they kind of had to reinvent uh, that basically that culture, you know, they missed they missed the tournament for four years. You bring in Dwayne Bacon and, and, uh, and Malik Beasley, and even then you don't make it. But slowly but surely, you, know, you, you keep establishing things. You bring in the right guys that you want, uh, establish the proper mindset, and then when you get it rolling – now all of a sudden, you got a guy like Terrence Mann, who's one of the more selfless players I think that you've been around. You got a guy Jonathan Isaac, who was able to buy in and I think really sort of set the tone. As good as he was uh, to uh, to be a selfless player and buy into the system and the greater good of the team. When the guy like that can do it, everybody does. And now it's established, and so you have older guys buying into that culture and 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 living, I guess, and at least in terms of basketball in a certain way. When you bring in a freshman. Uh, now they don't know any other way to do it, right? Right, you get that ball rolling, and it take it t- t- takes time. It took Florida State basketball some time, but they're there now, yeah. and it really is a sight to behold. And
2: boy, how much credit for Leonard Hamilton to change changing his? Oh philosophy, my gosh! You kidding me? Looking at look, it's not working. It's not getting us where we got to get. It, 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 you know, we we need to be a consistent tournament team, and to look at everything and to be able to not swallow his own coaching principles, but to kind of let the team go enough to change, you know, to change to his personnel and to to say, all right, we can attract good offensive players here if we play good offense and still play good defense, but I don't have to not play offense. And, and, uh, you know, the 62-61 scores maybe aren't getting it done for us. We're not a big enough name for that to carry us to the tournament. Tremendous credit for a guy at that point in his career and who's that established as a coach to – to be able to to change and to adapt uh, is really really commendable he'd
1: been a coach for 35 years yeah. and had success why I, why would you know, exactly. why, why would he change but uh, you know and I, I, what i think was really a big key was getting guys to buy into uh, rightfully the idea of Relentless defense creating offense. Mm-hmm. You know, play that hard on defense, you're going to get deflections and steals. Now you can get out and run and throw up an alley hoop or whatever. And what and what uh, what basketball player doesn't want to do that? You saw it against Florida. It wasn't statistically their biggest game in terms of uh, transition points and, and points off of turnovers, but they had it. Right. You know, they, especially in that first half, they were forcing stuff right. down the floor, and there were a few times they got fouled uh, in transition. They ended up shooting, I think, 34 free throws which was crazy. Uh, but you know, getting guys to buy into that, like you, know, you say. How, you know, if, if, if defense is hard for guys, or, or wanting to play defense is hard for guys, it's just like you know, play defense because we need to do it. Defensemanship. No, nah, hey, play defense because you're going to score right. more. You're going to you're going to get some dunks, you know. And I <laughs> maybe
2: they, maybe because the talent level rose. True, that's also true that now, now you're converting. Instead of creating a turnover and then banging one off the rim and right. not getting any feedback for it, now you're dancing down the floor and yeah. somebody's going behind their back and dunking and the crowd goes nuts and, okay, now this is a lot of fun. And that inspires you just to take it yeah. up and not yeah. yeah. notch on the other end of the Let's floor. Let's go do that again.
0: Yeah, and I'm an admitted basketball junkie. I love everything about schematics and, and advanced stats in, in this game. Uh, wh- wh- where you just alluded to, Florida State has really made it an emphasis to create more tempo. They value more possessions allow you for more opportunities. More release shots usually turn into more points, and I think that has also attracted more high-end recruits that see this run-and-gun type of offense, Uh, because let's face it, you know, Duke and North Carolina and Kentucky and these programs, they have the prestige to attract these kids. What we can offer at Florida State is a very fun system with a bunch of guys that love each other, the culture that you alluded to, and I think kids are seeing that, and that's what he's getting, but what you guys did des- well, Let's let's talk about this Florida game and this season specifically. You guys both mentioned it. If FSU defends at that level, they are going to be really hard to beat. This is a team a year ago that in ACC play was dead last in defense. I mean, they were dead last in, in defense during ACC play. Then they go to the NCAA tournament. They have a revelation out there, and it carried over into here. If you see this type of effort on defense all year from Florida State, what do you think this team ceiling can
2: be? Well, you name it. I mean, apparently uh, the experts say <laughs> we're one of the top fifteen teams in the country. I think that's legit. I, I you know, one thing is, and they say they say it about a lot of sports, defense is consistent. You can, you know, defense. You take your defense with you wherever you go. Travel spam. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't go up and down like a bad shooting night or whatnot. You don't have a bad defensive night. He's got enough great, talented players to be able to shuffle somebody out if they're a step slow one night or if they're not playing like he wants them to play. Uh, the five starters all like to play defense. So uh, M.J. Walker's come a long way in defense in just one year. And I think, yeah. I think he's a prime example of what you guys are talking about with defense-generating offense. But, yeah, nobody likes to play. Corey Alexander on the, on the TV broadcast was talking about, he said they showed Charlie Ward sitting on the bench during the game or sitting in the stands. And uh, Corey said, listen, he said, I played at Virginia when Charlie was there. And he said, I got to tell you, he said, I was the biggest Charlie Ward football fan. He said, all my friends at Virginia could not wait to go watch Charlie play football. He said, but then I had to turn around and play him in basketball. And he said, his defense, the way he would play defense, he said, it would just... It just drove you crazy. And people hate to play good defensive teams. They hate it. So that's why we're effective once we get in the NCAA tournament. And that's why, you know, it's number one on Coach Hamilton's chart. But now he said, all right, we're going to play great defense. Let's go score. So it's going to be a fun season all year. I mean, I, I, I keep telling people, get tickets. Don't miss it. Don't miss this chance. And a really good home team. schedule, too, by the way. It, it's really going to be a heck of a year. It's a lot of fun uh, to be at the games. It's totally different in person than it is yeah. on TV. And it's a really fun atmosphere. Uh, I, I just I can't, I you know, I, I tell my neighbors, what are you doing? Go get a t- t- yeah. ticket and come to the game.
0: And I know we do have to wrap this show up as uh, we go into to next week. So I do want to do one last thing. I want to give a shout-out to the students at Florida State for showing out against the Gators. I thought that was as lively of a student crowd as we've had in, in, in some time here in Tallahassee, and they really, they really brought the energy. Leonard Hamilton had plenty of great things to say uh, about the students as well in uh, that game. They love the a Gators. nine o'clock
2: tip.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, you know, look, man, nine o'clock tip, and there, if you're, there was a huge thunderstorm in Tallahassee yeah. coming into town, and uh, for the crowd to be what it was, I know some folks commented on TV, but it was it was loud in there, and it was there was a good kind of buzz uh, surrounding it, and it was it was a cool atmosphere. It really Florida was. certainly didn't handle it well.
0: No, they did <laughs> no. not. So 81 to 60, I'm positive we'll be talking about this basketball team all season long right here on the Seminole Insider Podcast. Tim Winnefeld, Rob Wilson, and I'm Mario Massoudi. We are on iTunes. Share it with your friends. Give us five stars, and we'll talk to you next week.